0: Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church. A church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Hey Thrive, well welcome to church today. So glad you joined us. Isn't it good to be together in these moments? And I know God's got a special word for each one of us today and i'm praying that it lands in each one of our hearts it's my privilege to share that with us today but before we do so i just want to take a moment and say that uh, we know as a Thrive staff and pastoral care team from the many messages that continue to come in each day that so many people are needing prayer. So many people are struggling health wise, got family members and friends that are struggling health wise or or so many people are are grieving the loss of loved ones to COVID and other things at this time. And so a quick reminder to us as a church, let's, let's stay connected at this time. If you need prayer for anything, just drop us a line on the whatsapp number below me right now we'll get onto it we'll begin to pray for you we'll contact you if needs be and come around you and pray so don't don't uh, do life and don't do difficulty alone and then prayer connects happening again on the third of february wednesday the third of february just a couple of wednesdays time third of february keep a lookout on all the social media channels as we live stream it so keep a lookout for those details but we're going to get together regularly to pray to pray for our world to pray for our country pray for our leaders and our president pray for our church and to pray for each other so keep a lookout for that third of february and all the social media channels will will make mention of that Again, speaking of prayer, because we pray first at Thrive, our prayer rooms are open and available, both campuses. All you need to do is head over to our website or to our app to book a spot. The prayer rooms are looking beautiful. We have created such beautiful spaces to come and physically pray. And of course, you'll be social distanced and it'll be uh, completely safe. Church, please take care at this time. Be safe, wear your masks, sanitize. Don't go anywhere you don't need to. And Let's come through this season healthy and strong. Let's take a moment and pray and ask God to prepare our hearts. Father, we, we want to say today that we love you. We want to say that we honor you in our lives. We honor your word and we ask for your word to speak to us powerfully today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the other day church, I got confronted with an interesting question. It was a question that came out of left field. I was asked this, what is the most important thing to you? What's the most important thing to you? I was asked. In other words, what's the most important thing in your life? Now I guess it could be our husbands, our wives our kids, right, our moms, our dads, our siblings, our family, jobs, career, friends, health at this time, all of them hugely important, aren't they? They really are. But can I suggest to you today that there is one thing, one thing more important than each of those things that I've just mentioned. A.W. Tozer wrote this. He said, the single most important thing to a human being is our idea of god in other words what we think about when we think of god think about it for a moment with me today what do you think about when you think about god in other words what images come to mind perhaps i could ask it to you this way what is god like to you Now the reason it's the most important thing is because what we think about God affects everything else in our lives. That one thing affects everything. That one thing literally affects everything. And and here's the thing, Church, it's not something abstract or unimportant or spiritual, something pie in the sky up in the air. How we think about God is actually a reality that is as real as the cell phone in your hand right now the computer screen in front of you. It affects everything in our lives and it is real. And what we think about this one thing affects everything in our lives. And I think in these times of huge challenges many of us are dealing with disappointment and disillusionment and disrupted lives and of course many of us are grieving loss and the loss of a job or income or loss of loved ones. How we think about God, particularly in these times, what we think about God becomes more important than ever before because it affects everything in our lives, what we think about God has a direct bearing on how we live in every other aspect of our lives. It affects how we relate to our spouses, what kind of marriage we will have. It affects how we parent our children, what kind of children we will end up raising. It affects whether our careers will be fruitful or not. It affects whether we will form healthy, meaningful, lifelong friendships or not, whether those friendships will last. It affects our health and how we deal with our health, how we walk through life with our bodies. It affects our mental state. It affects our emotional state. It affects our anxiety or our lack of it. It affects how much we worry or we don't. It affects how we deal with tragedy, how we cope with tragedy. It affects how we walk through and navigate the challenges in our lives it affects how we read scripture it affects how we pray it affects how we worship it affects whether we read scripture whether we pray and whether we worship it affects how we go through life it affects our posture in life it affects our quality of life it literally affects everything there is nothing more important than what we think about God such is the power of what we think about God we're in a series called the power of today the power of what we think about God so having said all that come back to the question what is God like what is God like well they asked some kids that question a little while ago and I read about it they said One kid said, I think that if God sleeps, he sleeps in heaven above all the people. But I don't think that God sleeps because he helps people during the night time when they get into car accidents and stuff. Rather random, but possibly true. Another kid said, God lives inside every living thing. So my doctor has seen God when he cuts people open. That was a seven-year-old. Another kid said, God can grow you and he can dance, but he can't type (laughs) to him who is five, that's what God is like. But I guess all of us, church, we've got some of our own thoughts on this, uh, our own experience on this. Some of our thoughts and experiences well informed and some not. Much of our thoughts on this are shaped by life experience and shaped by people in our lives who have in some way represented God to us. That's how we get shaped by life experience and by people. In some cases, those who have represented God to us, maybe they've done so positively But then maybe in other cases it's been negative maybe you've had someone in your life who represented god to you in some way but it it wasn't a god that could be loved easily perhaps they represented a hard god a, a punishing god a strict god an unkind god or perhaps after looking at their lives the people who represented god to you you thought to yourself man that's a fake god if that's the god they serve if you've had a negative God shown to you, the good news is there is a better, easy, and completely reliable way to know what God is really like. It is totally possible to know what God is like. That's the good news I've got for you today. Not only is it possible, it's easy, it's accessible, it can be done, and it's reliable. In other words, you can, I can get to know what God is really Like. Here's how. To know what God is like, we need only look at the life of Jesus. Because Jesus is God, and because he was literally the physical presence of the invisible God, everything about his life, what he said, what he did, tells us something profound about God and what God is like. So, what's God like? Well, he's like Jesus. What was Jesus like? Well, Jesus was joyful. Jesus was passionate, full of love. Jesus was gracious, kind, patient, generous. Jesus was focused, he was determined. He was brave, he was full of courage. Jesus was thoughtful and prayerful and worshipful. Jesus was smart, intuitive, emotionally present and emotionally connected. Jesus loved a party. Jesus loved friendship. Jesus loved to eat and drink. Jesus was sacrificial, selfless, and servant-hearted. Jesus loved the unlovable, stood up to the powerful and spoke truth to the influential. Jesus was simply the greatest human being that has ever lived and yet of course he was more than a human being. He was God in the flesh. In fact church I think the greatest thing that any human being can do is to read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John the Gospels and read them for their entire lives and learn about Jesus's life learn how he lived and then follow that and do that do exactly what he did you know because there's so much to say about what Jesus is like what's God like well he's like Jesus so much to say what Jesus was like but today for us and especially in the world in which we find ourselves at the moment. I think there's something particularly important about Jesus that we must know and hold on to at this time. Something especially relevant to us right now. Something game changing about the way Jesus was. Dallas Willard, who was a prominent theologian, philosopher, author and pastor, he was once asked this exact question. Somebody asked him, Dallas, what is Jesus like? If you had one word to describe Jesus, what would it be? Guess what his answer was? It blew me away, I wasn't prepared for it. His answer, Jesus was relaxed, he said. Quick shirt change for those of you that may have noticed, I just feel like flamingos and island style just speaks about being relaxed and Jesus was relaxed. In fact, Jesus lived in California, They quite said. So this shirt is to help you remember that Jesus was relaxed. Anyway, back to the message. It wasn't quite the answer anyone was expecting from Dallas. Relaxed. I mean, of all the things used to describe Jesus, relaxed. But I began to think about this, and the more I thought about it, the more I began to realize how true this actually is. Check this out with me. For example, after waiting 30 years for his ministry to begin, his first act, Jesus' first act, was to then follow the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. So he waits 30 years, then he goes to the desert, Even while knowing he only has three years of ministry in which to accomplish what he needs to, I would have been climbing the walls. And yet, Jesus was relaxed. He seems all throughout his life frustratingly unhurried. For example, on his way to heal a synagogue official's daughter and to visit his sick friend Lazarus. In fact, he lets Lazarus die. That's how relaxed Jesus was. Jesus was relaxed. On several occasions, Jesus retreated from the crowds. He made his way out from them and he got away from the attention of the crowds to spend time one-on-one with his Father to the point that one day the disciples actually left him behind. That's how Jesus was relaxed. Jesus needed to convince a large number of people that although he was merely a man he was also the unique son of God imagine having that mission imagine trying to convince people like that he had trying to convince them that he was actually their savior from sin he had no technology to help him no social media to spread the message and he could only be in one location at a time and yet Jesus was chilled he was relaxed. And when he left one city to go to another, he left behind people that hadn't yet been healed or discipled. And yet, Jesus was relaxed. Most people, even his own family at first, rejected him and his message, right? Many of the people he discipled deserted him. Even his faithful disciples didn't really understand who he was until after he rose from the dead. And yet, despite all of that, Jesus was relaxed there's this one day crazy story where Jesus is traveling by boat across a lake and I think this one really shows just how relaxed Jesus was just how chilled he was it's almost comical it's so crazy how relaxed Jesus is Mark chapter 4 verses 35 to 40 tells us that later that day after it grew dark Jesus said to his disciples let's cross over to the other side of the lake so after they'd sent the crowd away they shoved off from shore with him as he had been teaching from the boat and there were some other boats that had sailed with them suddenly as they were crossing the lake a ferocious tempest arose massive storm with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat until it was all but swamped Here, verse 38 check it out but jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern in other words jesus was Relaxed, He was resting on a cushion, the scripture says. So so they shook him awake saying, teacher, don't you even care that we're about to die? Fully awake now. He rebuked the storm, shouted to the sea, hush, calm down. And all at once the wind stopped howling and the water became perfectly calm. And then he turned to his disciples and said to them, why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? Jesus was so, say it with me relaxed maybe today we'd say chilled calm full of peace Jesus was relaxed don't know about you but when I have responsibilities when I'm under pressure when people keep needing me when I'm criticized or rejected when my to-do list seems unending when I'm in pain or discomfort am I relaxed am I chilled I think perhaps the word that would better describe us and our world at the moment is anxious and I think the opposite of relaxed is actually anxious isn't it Our world is anxious, it's the opposite of relaxed. So the question then becomes for us, how did Jesus live this way? How did he live so relaxed? How was he able to do it? What was it that enabled him to live so relaxed? Especially in the face of the huge challenge and opposition that he faced. Especially with a cross and a crucifixion like hanging over his head his whole life. How did he live relaxed? I don't think it was because he didn't have COVID to deal with i don't think it was because he had just a chilled out temperament we see him getting angry at times but on the whole he was relaxed i don't think it was because he had no cell phone and he didn't have technology fatigue i don't think it was that i don't think it was because he didn't have kids and so life was uncomplicated or peaceful i think church it was something more than that i think it was something deeper Than that, and I think it is linked to one word which we're going to explore just for a minute or two today. You see, when Jesus' disciples asked him to teach them to pray, he taught them. Luke 11 tells us, Jesus said, This is how you should pray Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those sin against us and don't let us yield to temptation. Church, I want you to notice something critical about this prayer and that is that the very first word in the prayer is Father. The Hebrew word for Father that Jesus taught his followers was Abba. It is a word that means Father but Abba has a specific connotation, a specific atmosphere to it. It's specifically associated with intimacy and with relationship. In other words, it speaks to an intimate relationship with a good father. And so the very first word that Jesus teaches when he teaches them to pray, think about this, so important is Abba. What he's saying is Father, intimacy, relationship. And the reason it's first is because it sets the foundation for everything else. It is the reason why Jesus trusts like he does in that storm we read about. It's the reason too why Jesus lives relaxed. It's the reason why Jesus would have worn a flamingo shirt like this because he trusts in his Abba. And in teaching us to pray And in using that word Abba specifically He invites us to do so too He says you can call him Abba Because that's what it means to follow Jesus It's to be with him Become like him And do what he did And so if he called Abba church So can we If he trusted God like that So can we And so to follow Jesus is to ask If how would he live my life If Jesus was me well I'll tell you how he would live your life he would live it relaxed because he would know that his life is safe in the hands of Abba our son Caleb is about to turn eight and this last Christmas I experienced something so delightful it was late on Christmas Day getting into the evening Caleb as all seven-year-old boys have done on a Christmas he had played hard Caleb was Exhausted, And I invited him onto the couch with me to sit right at the end of the day. And I just said to him, hey boy, come and sit with me. And he kind of crawled up onto the couch. But he, he didn't sit next to me, he sat on me. He, he literally put his chest on my chest, put his arms around uh, my body and put his head down on my shoulder. And we just spoke for a minute or so. And then to really, well I guess not my surprise, but to my delight as I looked down at him. I noticed he was asleep. He was asleep. So relaxed because he knew my arms were a safe place. What was Jesus like? Relaxed in the arms of his father. Why? Because of Abba. Because he knew his life was safe in his father's arms. He knew he was valuable. He knew he was loved. He knew he was protected. Caleb knew he was valuable, loved and protected. And he fell asleep in the arms of his father. Coming back to the question, what was Jesus like? Well, he was relaxed. Why? Because of Abba, his father. Because he knew his life was safe in his father's arms. He knew he was valuable, loved, protected. Church, how can we live in 2021? I want to suggest to you, we can. It's realistic to live relaxed. Why? Because of Abba, because of God, because of our Father, because our lives are safe in our Father's arms, because we too are valuable, loved, protected, and, and because of that reality, Jesus could pray, not my will, God, but yours. He could live a surrendered life, and today we are reminded by Jesus' life that there is a different way to live, church. Not anxious, but relaxed, because we have a good Father, Abba. And our lives are safe in His hands and we can know we are valuable, loved and protected and so no matter what it is that would normally stress you out, maybe it's finance, maybe it's health, maybe it's family, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's work, can I say to you today, you can by following Jesus's example live relaxed but we're also invited to not only live relaxed but the way to do it is to live surrendered. Not our will, God, but yours. I know I'm safe, I'm protected, I'm valuable, in your arms, and so I live relaxed, and I live surrendered. Not my will, God, but yours. And when I live like that, when I live like that, I live relaxed knowing that my life is safe in His arms. I live relaxed knowing that I've surrendered the things that I want to see to Him and His plan is better than my plan for my life. May that reality bring you grace and peace church today we've been speaking so much about what Jesus is like and as we look at his life we realize really that it is the ultimate example of a life well lived not only that but he is our Lord and our Savior he came to earth lived a perfect life died in our place so that we could have friendship with God, so that we could begin to follow him, so that we could invite him and his presence into our lives. And as you've been watching today, if God's been prompting you to make a decision to follow Jesus, it would be my privilege to pray for you and with you in this moment. And as I do so in this moment now, I wanna invite you to pray with me. I'm gonna lead you and feel free to join me in this moment. Father, thank you so much for your love for us thank you that you sent jesus so that we could see what you're like god father so that we could see what 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 you look like what you think like how you act how you respond in the life of jesus thank you for his life perfectly lived thank you for his death sacrificially given for us today i want to make a decision to say yes to him to say yes to the work that he did for me dying in my place for my sins but also yes to following his life to yes to making a decision to to learning to be with him in this life here on earth become like him in his character and do what he did and as i do so today i ask father god that you would send your holy spirit to enter my life to begin to live and breathe in my life and as i do so i pray that you would forgive me for my sin, forgive me for where I've gone wrong. I commit my life to you and I make a decision, Jesus, in this moment to follow you. Would you help me in this, in Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that with me today, either for the first time or maybe today was a moment where you really felt like you were coming back to God, coming back to friendship with God, be our privilege to connect with you digitally, uh, to have the opportunity to send you just some very short, brief, but helpful resources. We'd be so honored to be able to do that for you. And so in this moment, I'm gonna ask you to connect with us simply by WhatsApping the words, follow Jesus to the number on the screen right now. One of our team is waiting just to shoot you back a message congratulating you and giving you some resources. Church, as we head into this next week, let's remember it is possible. Not only is it possible, but it is entirely realistic to live like Jesus lived. And we get to learn how to do that, to live relaxed. How do, how do we do that? We remember Abba, Father. Our lives are safe in his arms. We remember that we can live surrendered to him. And when we do, we live relaxed. Grace and peace, everybody. Have an amazing, and amazing week. See you next week. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.